The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today, expert knowledge is so highly valued that we learn to lead first as the expert whose mastery of the details helps teams solve problems. Eventually, as your leadership role expands, expert leaders find themselves in a role where others know more. Details are no longer so accessible, and decisions are made without a full understanding. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. It's time to find out how to make the transformation smooth and flawless. Now, here is Dr. Wanda Wallace. Hello, this is Wanda Wallace, your host for Out of the Comfort Zone. As you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the necessity of getting out of your comfort zone and doing things that are quite unusual and not familiar to you in order to develop your leadership. One of those elements in getting out of your comfort zone is showing confidence and having the right poise and presence. With me today is Elizabeth Kunka, who's author of a wonderful book on the body language called Body Language for Dummies. And so our focus today is going to talk about body language and voice and how you show the confidence you're looking for. So Elizabeth, welcome. The first question I want to ask you is, um, you know, you talk to lots of people. You've coached lots and lots of people. What are the biggest mistakes you see people make in terms of body language? The biggest mistake I see, Wanda, is people making themselves small. What do I mean by that? They fold in on themselves. They'll allow their shoulders to hunch forward. They fiddle with their hands, with their fingers. They'll use gestures, um, self-comforting gestures, like rubbing their necks or scratching their faces, gestures that comfort themselves and demonstrate that they're feeling uncomfortable. Okay, so making yourself small, there's the gestures of touching your body, scratching your face, playing with your clothing, your tie, your shirt, your dress, whatever. But when you say making yourself small, what do you mean by that as well? You said hunching. Anything else? Yeah. Yes, they'll bring them their, their extremities in close. So, for example, if a person is feeling uncomfortable, the chances are that they will bring their arms in close to their body. They'll lean into themselves rather than opening up their chest, spreading their arms wider from their bodies, relaxing back into their seat. They'll tend to hunch forward. You'll hear me use that word a lot, hunching in on themselves. So that they, as if they're trying to hide rather than claiming their space, moving with purpose. They'll fiddle and, as you said, fiddle with their clothes, scratch their noses gestures that are just demonstrating that they're not feeling comfortable. Okay, so people often say to me, but I'm supposed to sit up at the table, you know, with like my elbows or my arms resting on the table. No. No. Yes, go ahead. Yes, yes, exactly. So, for example, I'm thinking of a particular client I had, fairly bright woman, um, very bright, but she used to walk into meetings 
holding a notebook in front of her. She looked like the person who was taking the notes. So eventually I got her to put down the notebook and walk in not carrying anything because at conference meetings, chances are there's going to be a pad of paper and a pen right there at your cheek. So also when she would go into a meeting holding and clutching her notebook, she'd sit down in her seat and bring her arms close to herself rather than allowing her elbows to rest on the table in front of her and spread out in front of herself. Often you'll see men at meetings taking up a lot of space. They don't tend to have as much discomfort taking up a lot of space as women do. Now, of course, that's not true for all men, okay? But the, the majority is that women will make themselves smaller, they'll behave in a deferential manner, and allow the boys at the table to have their voices heard and to take up more space. So my recommendation is if you're feeling uncomfortable, act as if you are comfortable. And what does that mean? That means for starters, take up more space. Use expansive gestures. Not a lot of them, but the ones that you use, make sure they make a point, that you're speaking definitely with the gestures you make rather than fidgeting and fiddling. Okay. All right. So we have this notion of fidgeting and fiddling, touching yourself. We have the hunching in, not taking up the space. Are there other mistakes that you see people make? Yes. I'll see, uh, again, I hate to say this, but again, women tend to do that. They'll nod their heads a lot. So um, people who demonstrate confidence and comfortableness uh, with where they are, they, they'll nod their head, but not a lot. Whereas those who are feeling uncomfortable will be nodding their head to show agreement, to uh, demonstrate that, yes, I'm with you, I understand what you're saying, yes, 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 rather than that containing their gestures. So use too many, uh, too many gestures. Again, those self-touching gestures, fiddling with their hair, fiddling with their fingers. They will also tend to smile an awful lot. I'd, um, um, although it's a, it's a powerful nonverbal cue, it um, can also be confusing and it can rob your credibility. Um, especially if you're discussing a serious subject. So if you're discussing a serious subject or giving negative feedback, contain the smiles. It gives um, mixed messages. Also, um, people who tend to use the up speak, if you know what I mean. So, for example, if I were to say, my name is Elizabeth Kunta, and I'm the author of Body Language for Dummies, it's asking, is that okay? Right? That up speak, that rising inflection sounds like you're asking a question or asking for confirmation. So, um, any more? I've got a whole list of them here for you, Wanda. All right, very good. So, just to review, it's not that you're saying never smile. You're saying much more about smile in a small amount and appropriate to the situation that you're in. So, a difficult message wouldn't deserve a smile. Exactly. Okay. And nodding of gestures is good. Nodding gestures are good, but overdone, it becomes too much. Is that correct? Have I got you correct on that? That's right. That's right. And some people tend to gesture a lot. Those people I work to encourage them to contain their gestures. 
Okay. You know, less is more. So one of the questions that I get asked routinely is using your hands. So can you use your hands or should you keep your hands calm? What's the right amount here? Again, calmness is a word that I really like, Wanda. Keep them calm. If you're going to use your hands, use them with a definite purpose in mind. So if you're pointing to to a slide, I'd rather people not point at people although that does happen um, because it can be quite um, threatening. But if you are going to point at a person, I encourage you to use an open hand rather than a closed fist and a pointed finger, which feels like a dart in your direction. Use an open hand, open your fingers, because that is a, um, I, I call it a kinder, gentler gesture. Okay. So you really have to make a strong point. Pointed finger is a good way to do it. Okay. So is it possible for people to really get better at this stuff? I mean, you've coached a lot of people. Do you see people make progress? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I had a wonderful client. Um, she was uh, a lawyer, is a lawyer, and she was from India. And when she was being made up for partnership at the firm, the partners, who were mostly men, were struggling because they said she acts so deferential. Well, in her culture, it was appropriate behavior because the partners were in a senior position, a position of authority, and in her culture, she was raised to demonstrate deference to people in positions of authority. Well, that's fine, except it wasn't working for her because she was coming up to be a partner. So we worked on her body language and on the messages, the internal messages that she was giving herself to. One day I was waiting for her in the reception and I heard somebody say my voice, Elizabeth, and I looked up, didn't recognize the voice, didn't recognize the person, took a double take, and it was her. She was standing upright. Oh, I get shivers when I think about it. She was standing upright. Her chest was open. Her arms were in what I call the power position. Now, you can't see it, but if you think about Angela Merkel, she stands with her arms bent at the elbow, 90 degree, and her fingers touching in front of her. This is frequently called the power position because from this position you can move quite easily and with fluidity and you're not hiding anything. So here was my client standing in the power position, speaking with authority, chest back. It was just miraculous to see how these little behavior changes made such an impression. It's just little tweaks. I'm not asking people to make huge changes. Just take up more space. Use fewer gestures. Less nodding. Less smiling. Unless it's appropriate, of course, to smile. So, Elizabeth, I'm assuming that this is part of getting her focused or getting anyone you coach focused on what the particular movements are and then keeping that uh, rehearsed, top of mind, until it becomes a habit. Is that a fair summary? Absolutely. Make it a habit. It's like any learned behavior. The more you do it, the better you get at it. And just because you feel uncomfortable doing it, doesn't give you the right to stop doing it. It's how do you want to be perceived? What's the message that you want to convey? How can you do that through your body? So determine how you want to be perceived. Use role models. Who do you know or 
point you observed, whether you know the person personally or see them from afar, who behaves in a manner that you really admire? Is that behavior that you could demonstrate yourself? If so, practice it. It may feel uncomfortable. So, for example, I'm quite expressive. I use my hands and I nod my head and I smile a lot. I have to consciously remind myself, nope, stay calm, stay focused, keep, keep neutral. Okay. Neutral is a very powerful position because nobody knows what you're thinking. Okay. If you maintain a neutral expression, you've got the power. Fabulous. All right, so Elizabeth, I get we're going to take a break here, but I get the sense in the summary that what we want to do is a very relaxed body posture, very um, strong position, not hunching in, shoulders relaxed, arms bent kind of at the 90-degree angle at the elbows, not fiddling with things, not touching hair or clothing or playing with pieces in front of us, not carrying a lot of stuff in your hands, mm. and just a relaxed, calm pose. Yes. Okay. You think, it, pretend that your, that your shoulder blades are melting, meeting at, the, at your spinal cord and melting down your back. Okay. I'll talk to you more about that later. That sounds like a fabulous place to take a break. All right, this is Wanda Wallace with Out of the Comfort Zone. I've been talking with Elizabeth Kunka, who is the author of Body Language for Dummies. Our focus for this show is what do you do in your body, your presence, and your voice to convey the kind of confidence and poise that you're looking for. When we come back, we're going to talk specifically about confidence. How do you show confidence, that all-important word for leadership? And we will be back in just a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Hello, this is Wanda Wallace, and with me on my show today is Elizabeth Kanka. We've been talking about body language and voice. Um, Elizabeth is one of my absolute favorite coaches on body language and voice. And in the past, we've been talking about the mistakes people make, the not keeping their body relaxed, and the not having their elbows in a sort of a power position. This particular segment, I want to focus on the all-important component of confidence. We know that if you don't portray confidence, then no one tends to follow you. We also know equally that if you portray too much confidence, you start to be inhuman and don't show the right amount of humility or vulnerability. So, Elizabeth, let me start with this notion about confidence. And I want to ask you an unusual question to begin with. How important is the voice in your head to the confidence you're portraying in front of people? Absolutely vital. Was that okay. clear? Very clear. So can you give us an example of what makes a difference? Absolutely. So it's, it's what we call in the theater acting as if. You don't have to feel confident in order to portray confidence. Act as if you have confidence. And because the body can change your mind and your mind can change your behavior, your behavior changes your outcomes. So, let's say you're walking into a, a meeting, I guess it's happened before, uh, and the client was saying, I, I am so scared, I am just feeling sick, and I said, the more you tell yourself that you are scared and that you're feeling sick, the more you're going to feel scared and you're feeling sick. If you change the language and say, I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling energized, I'm feeling pumped, Already, you're giving yourself positive messages. Already, you're beginning to smile rather than clutching at your nauseous stomach. So whatever you tell yourself is true for you becomes your truth. So, again, you don't have to feel confident in order to act as if you are. And what are some of the behaviors that demonstrate confidence? And let's talk about a Western world because this piece around eye contact Um, You know, in some countries, and some cultures, it's inappropriate to establish and maintain eye contact. But in most Western cultures, you look at somebody in the eye when you are giving a message, and they know that you mean business. So if you're acting as if you feel confident, look people in the eye. The moment your eyes start darting around and looking at the floor, looking at the ceiling, you're going to demonstrate that, uh uh-uh, I'm not feeling really confident here. Also, your stance, your posture. In the first segment, we talked about folding in, hunching into yourself. People who act confident, they expand themselves. They keep their gestures contained and their bodies open. So, fewer gestures, eye contact, strong stance. I like to. I like to speak in. In uh, I like to, to to use the rule of three. So I don't want to give you too many things at one time. So if you think eye contact, stance, contained gestures. Okay. 
makes a lot of sense to me, Elizabeth. I was um, speaking with a colleague just recently, who a male colleague, hmm. who has a great understanding about confidence, and he happened to be on a public transport system with a couple of young guys who were being a little bit too obnoxious and too loud, and I'll let you all fill in the gap on what you think might have been going on. And he stood up to say to them, you know, please just calm down, just quiet down a bit. And they, you know, responded back in some equally inappropriate ways. And he just made eye contact with them and held that eye contact and waited for one of them to flinch. And I, would you know that they got completely quiet and didn't say another word for the rest of the journey? And just, again, the power of eye contact. So I love that. So it's eye contact, um, hopefully not so long that you intimidate people, but eye contact, um, open body posture, strong stance. Okay, so now I, I want to come to the opposite of this thing. This the notion that can you overdo it? Because we all know we don't like leaders who come across as more arrogant than we think they should be. In fact, we don't like arrogance at all. We tend to favor leaders who have a sense of humility or who are willing to admit their mistakes, who are willing to say what they don't know. Um, so can you overdo this confidence piece? Absolutely. I, I saw a uh, chap one in reception, and bless his heart, he walked into reception. There were three empty chairs. He sat in the middle, extended one arm over one the other chair, you know, on his left, and leaned into the chair on his right. So, in effect, he was taking up three seats. You know, I thought, well, okay, you're feeling really confident about yourself. You're claiming your space and really taking over that territory. But it looked, it's use your word, it looked arrogant. He looked just a little too sure of himself which is always a sign to me that somebody's got some messages going on inside. I'm not really feeling confident, so I'm going to act as if I am, and he's taken it too far. The people who I admire, those, those confident, courageous leaders, are the ones who are comfortable with themselves. They don't need to overextend their space. They're just comfortable taking the space that they've earned. So that's one of the messages that I give clients. Say, I've got the right to be here. I've earned my place at this table. Rather than holding back and hunching in and saying, oh, you, you, you go ahead first. Right? Go in, walk into the room. You've earned the right to be there. You've earned the right to be heard and to be seen. So give yourself these messages. I, I encourage your listeners to, to take that on board and really give themselves those positive messages. Because the more they speak them speak up about themselves, the better they feel, the better they feel, the more confident they act, the more confident they act, the more confident people will believe they are. It becomes a circle. Okay. So, Elizabeth, we're back to that same notion that we started this block with, which is the more you say in your head, a positive message, the more likely it is that what conveys through your body is going to be equally positive. And that gets close to the notion of faking it. Um, there's been a bit of controversy in the, I don't know, controversy commentary, I should say, in the last couple of months, largely from a book and a Harvard Business Review article from Hermina Abara talking about the paradox of authenticity. So we often think of being authentic as just being genuinely who you are, exactly who you are. And now you, like Hermina Abara, are saying, wait a minute, we can carry that too far. There is a point for faking it. Mm 
So what's your view on this? Do you fake it even if you're not necessarily 100% confident? Yeah, I, Wanda, you, you know me well enough to know that the, the, the expression faking, it always makes me go a little bit off <laughs> because it has, for me, a negative connotation, almost like, you know, lying. Let's look at children. Children can pretend to be anything they want and, you know, fairy princesses or astronauts or, you know, whatever a character they decide they're going to be, and they act as if they were that character. So that's why I go back to that expression, acting as if or faking it, pretending again. So the more you pretend and act the way that you want to be perceived, the more you will be perceived that way. So the act the way you want to be perceived. Okay, and it feels uncomfortable. Yes. Sorry Correct. to interrupt you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's, That's why you want to be perceived, and you may feel uncomfortable doing it. It's a new behavior. Any new behavior is going to feel uncomfortable. That's just part of the deal. So work through it. Say, ooh, you know, I feel a bit of an imposter acting like this. The more you do it, the more you recognize, actually, this is true to who I am. This piece around faking it, we're always evolving. We are not the same people we were when we were teenagers. We are not the same people that we were when we were little children. Right? The, as we become more entrenched in our work and, and more experienced, we grow, we change, we have new ideas. We recognize that what behavior served us well at a particular stage in our career or in our life will not serve us well in this next stage. So we're having to constantly think about what do I want, how do I want to be perceived, how do I behave in order to achieve that. Okay. So it starts with a goal. It starts, we come next with what's in my head, tell myself the positive messages, then have an image of what I want to portray, how I want people to see me, and then that's what I want to be thinking and I want to act as if. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And that picking on the messages is so important. Apparently, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, it never says that he's nervous before a show, although he's pacing backstage up and down and jumping around. He says, no, 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 I'm not nervous. I'm just pumped. I'm just excited. So it's, it's the same energy, but he calls it something different. He calls it excited. Other people could say, I'm feeling nervous. When they say, I'm feeling nervous, they start feeling uncomfortable, unsure, doubting themselves, hunching in on themselves, rather than saying, no, I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling energized. So it's those messages that we give ourselves and then the behavior that corresponds. Okay, fabulous. All right, Elizabeth, one, just one minute on this one. If you were to tell us what it is you think people do when we judge them as being authentic, being genuine, what is it that you think constitutes this notion of authenticity? Mm. It's, yeah, it's, it's that sense of when you look at the person, you say he's, he or she is comfortable with themselves. They, they are, that, that's the word that just keeps coming up for me, Wanda. It seems natural. It's okay. easy. All right. Forced. So, 
We're back with this same kind of the three power things that you, there are three issues you've said in terms of portraying confidence, but also the sense of relaxed, comfortable in my own skin, happy to be here, I know what I'm doing, that sort of component. Is that a fair summary? Absolutely, yes. And again, it comes from the messages that you tell yourself. Okay, fabulous. I'm okay here. I'm okay. All right. And we take whatever that nervous energy is and whatever the negativity is and turn it into a more constructive side. So instead of saying, I'm nervous, I'm going to say, I'm pumped. Instead of saying, I can't do this, I'm going to say, I'm prepared for this. Something that gives it a much more realistic but positive frame. Yes. Okay. Excellent. All right. So just to repeat... The three big things to do in terms of portraying confidence. Number one, I guess, Elizabeth, I want to get you to repeat these three. Okay. One, keep your gestures contained. Use eye contact. And in terms of your your stance, think expansive. Don't think lots of gestures. Just think, filling my space. I have the right to be here. I'm claiming my space. I'm excited. I'm looking people in the eye. I'm standing up tall and sitting tall in my seat. I'm feeling okay. You give yourself those messages. You'll be okay. Fabulous. All right. So just to repeat for everybody who missed that one, there is the... um, Positive messages in your head, I'm okay, I can do this, a contained gesture so that you're not fidgeting, and then claiming your space. This is Wanda Wallace, host of Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm speaking with Elizabeth Kunka. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about Elizabeth's tips for how do you improve both your presence and your confidence. So the what do you do to make sure all of these are coming across the way you want them to come. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace.com at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. This is Wanda Wallace with Out of the Comfort Zone. With me today is Elizabeth Kunka. Elizabeth is among my favorite coaches on body language and voice, and we have been talking about how do you portray confidence, particularly when you might be more nervous than you really want to admit. And in our last segment, Elizabeth said three, and I'm going to modify that to four, that there are really four key things that you want to be thinking about to portray confidence. One is you want to take a relaxed stance so that your arms are slightly expansive, but it's relaxed. It's not caved in on yourself and it's not fidgeting. Number two is you want to claim your space so that it's not a tightly contained, but a bit, just a bit expansive. Not too expansive, just a bit. Three, you want to keep your gestures to a minimum. And four, you want to monitor those messages in your head so that we take any nervousness, anxiety, concerns, worries, and turn them to the positive. All right, now this segment, what I want to focus on is what can you do, can all of us listening today do to begin to build our presence? And by presence, I mean that kind of powerful position when you walk into the room and other people notice. When you speak, people tend to pay a difference, pay attention. So Elizabeth, I want to start. Um, there's some lovely research about power poses. Can you tell us about those and how do they work? Absolutely. A Harvard professor, Amy Cuddy, came out with research um, how body language shapes who you are. And she says, fake it till you make it. Act as if. Um, that people who demonstrate power and dominance tend to use expansive gestures. So she encourages us to make ourselves big, open up. Feel powerful in the moment. She uses wonderful examples. Uh, for example, if you think about um, going in for an interview, let's say you're interviewing for a job and there are a bunch of people sitting out in reception all interviewing for the job and they're hunched in on themselves and they're fiddling with their, their iPhones and making notes and everything is folded in on themselves. She says, no, no, don't do that. Guys go to the men's room, ladies go to the ladies' room, and stand in the superwoman, superman pose. And what does that mean? That means put your arms up in the V position, stand with your legs in the you know, spread wide, and put a big smile on your face and hold that position for two minutes, which is a long time. And that what happens is that your testosterone levels increase, 
which the testosterone being the hormone for power and dominance, and your cortisol levels decrease. And the cortisol levels, what is the cortisol? That's your stress hormone. So if you adopt the position of strong and powerful, your testosterone goes up, cortisol goes down, and you feel great. Now, I encourage you to do this in a private place because you could look a little bizarre standing there in in reception doing this. Um, The point is that how our bodies behave is going to impact how others perceive us and how we perceive ourselves. The way we use our bodies changes our minds. So even if you're feeling insecure, doubtful, if you act as if, you're feeling sure and confident. Your mind is going to start to change about yourself. It's like, oh, look at that. I'm standing in a powerful position. I'm feeling quite confident. And then your mind is going to change your behavior, and your behavior is going to change the outcomes that you get. Okay, so let me just make sure I get this straight. The advice is Mm -hmm. to go and stand in a private place, I get why, in a Superman or superwoman pose. You said in the V shape. So that is like with arms out front, um, fists not clenched, but in a strong, powerful position. Is that what you mean? Legs slightly apart? Yeah. So when you see, for example, if you're watching a a running race and the person crosses the line first, they tend to throw their arms up in a V position, fingers open up in great joy. So if you go into a private place and put your hands up in that position, hold it, put a smile on your face to it. If you struggle with that, put a pencil. Anybody encourages us to put a pencil, hold it between our teeth because it forces us to smile. And as we smile, we start feeling more positive about ourselves. Testosterone goes up, cortisol goes down. All right. so, I love yeah, this. Everybody body. in the audience is now standing somewhere with their hands up in a V position, their arms open, a pencil between their teeth so they start smiling and they're ready for an interview. What's fascinating about this one then is that Amy's research, Amy Cuddy's research, really does document that this has a long-term impact, even on the telephone. So an interesting idea. Now, can you – sorry, go ahead, Elizabeth – no, no, I'm just saying it absolutely does. Even as I'm sitting here imagining the pose, I'm feeling energized. Fabulous. I had one client tell me that before she had a major meeting, like presenting a big deal or a big presentation, she would get one of her favorite songs and she'd put the song on and she'd dance around her living room to this song, which is a very upbeat, I can do it kind of song. And for her, that was the equivalent of the power pose. I guess it's the same thing. Exactly, exactly. You know, Amy Cuddy says, do the power pose because the body, you know, how you use your body is going to change your mind. You hear the music, you dance, you get energized. It's, it's like exercising. You know, I encourage my clients to exercise because it gets everything flowing and you feel better. And when you feel better, you act better. And when you act better, you're perceived better. And when people are perceiving you as confident, Guess what? You start believing it. Fabulous. So you don't All right. Have to so believe it yourself. 
Yeah, we've on. got the power poses. We've got all the other things that we've talked about in confidence. Any other tips for things that we can practice to improve our presence um, and our body language? Again, I, this mental message is so important to me. If, if we could have only one, I would say act as if, and what does that mean? That means take on the behaviors of someone who is a confident, courageous, powerful, dominant person, whatever, whatever word you pick, you know, assertive, let's say, confident. What behaviors reflect that position? So if I were to act confident, uh, act as if I were confident, what would I do? I would sit up straight. I would expand my chest. One of the reasons an expansive open position is so strong is because it's so vulnerable. You're showing people, here I am. Come and get me. I'm okay. I can take it. As opposed to the people who aren't feeling confident, who, as I said, hunch in, fold in, put things in front of them, hold a notebook in front of them, like a shield protecting themselves. So when you're feeling a lack of confidence, act as if you have confidence and you will feel it. Okay. Fabulous, Elizabeth. I like that concept that the relaxed, open body posture is actually a way of showing a bit of humility. As I am here, I mean to be here, I have the right to be here, and I'm open to whatever you have to say. Um, I've, I frequently ask senior men that I encounter in my clients to describe a time in which they were not feeling particularly confident in what they do about it. One of my favorite stories comes from a very senior guy who says his tactic has always been to look around the room and say, is there anybody who can do this better than I can? And if so, then I'm going to get them involved. And if not, I'm going to go ahead. And that's a bit of the same message that you're telling us, that in your head you have to be able to say, I can do this. I'm prepared to do it. I'm as prepared as anybody can do it. Does that resonate for you? Absolutely resonates for me. And I love that question that he asks, is there anybody else here who can do this? Because that shows that humility and also that desire to get it right. Rather than feeling threatened and afraid, it sounds like being open and expansive, that the most important thing is let's do this right. And however that works, if there's somebody else in here who can do it, let's do this together. So this positive attitude, again, it's, it's just vital Now, what we tell ourselves. And again, sometimes people struggle with that. They'll keep coming up with the old yes, but, yes, but, you know? Okay. So, okay, with those, I'll say, all right, let's just take on the behavior. Okay. Forget the mental messages right now. What are the behaviors of a confident person? And okay. I get them using those behaviors. I worked with one one client um, who was very folded in on herself and did not want to open up. And I, she will quite happily tell you that she hated this exercise, and it was one of the best exercises she ever did. I had to pretend that she was in a bubble, like this really, really teeny little bubble, and she had to push it open and expand it open until she was able to then come out of this bubble. And it was she felt very silly doing it. I will say that she was a lawyer and this was not part of her day job. But when she finally said, okay, I'll do it, and burst out of this bubble, you could see it, the difference 
in, in this woman from when she first started until she came out of the bubble and she said, ooh, ooh. So, so Elizabeth, I love these images. In this segment, we've been talking about how do you build a greater presence and confidence. And we've given people two kind of crazy images to go away and think about. One is to stand in front or stand in a private space and adopt a very powerful pose, a Superman, a Superwoman pose, or hands up in a V position, legs slightly far apart, hands relaxed, sort of in a victory, kind of elated way. And we've also talked about imagining that you're in a bubble and you're expanding your body out to push the bubble. Fascinating. So this is what Elizabeth has her clients do to expand their sense of presence and confidence. This is Wanda Wallace. I'm talking with Elizabeth Kunka. The subject today is about confidence and body language. And when we return from our break, we're going to be talking about gender differences for just a few minutes. Are there differences between men and women in the ways they use their body and their voice? We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Engage with Andy Bush takes you inside the mind of a top global market and public policy analyst who has been featured regularly on CNBC, Yahoo Finance, and numerous radio and television programs. Our program will bring you guests and stories from the top of the political and business worlds. Each show includes Andy's point of view roundup and what it means for you at home. Life's complicated. Let Andy help you figure it out. Tune in every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. This is Wanda Wallace with Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. With me today is Elizabeth Kunka. We've been talking about body language and voice. And Elizabeth's advice in terms of how you project confidence and how you learn to build confidence is really evolving around four messages. 
One, keeping your gestures slightly contained. Two, having a very relaxed but powerful stance in your body, so elbows out a tad bit, um, bent slightly at the elbows and relaxed. Number three is that you claim your space, meaning just a bit of expanse again, so not closed in on yourself. And number four is to monitor very carefully the messages that you have in your head. So you take that nervous energy from nervousness to I'm excited and enthusiastic. Now, at this point, I want to turn to a slightly controversial point and talk about the differences between confidence in men and women, at least as it's portrayed. There's a lot been written lately about women lacking confidence. Hate to generalize that, but there's a lot said about it. I can say in my coaching practice that it's typically one of the top two reasons I get called in to coach a senior woman has to do with the confidence she's projecting. I will also say that my wonderful son, who is in his um, working life, has commented regularly about his female colleagues and the lack of confidence that they can sometimes show. Now, I'm not convinced that women lack real confidence, but I think we don't show it sometimes as much as we could. So, Elizabeth, what's your experience between men and women? Oh, gosh, when I think of this, you know, women so often have this message, whether it's right up there at the top of their thoughts or deeply embedded, nice girls don't act like this, right? Women are often raised to defer to men, um, to put down their own thoughts. So women will discount what they say either before or after they've said it, you know, um, oh, you've probably already thought of this, or I'm just thinking off the top of my head right now, uh, making apologies for what they've said, whereas men don't apologize for what they say. They just get out there and they say it. So that's one thing that men and women do differently. Women tend to play down their opinions or ideas. Uh, they overuse the word just. Well, I, I have just a few more questions, or I just think, or I'm just concerned that it sounds like you're not really sure about what you're saying. So rather than saying, I just have a few more questions, say, I have a few more questions. Speak with authority. Drop those extraneous words, the sort of, the kind of, I was just thinking maybe, you know, Get rid of those extraneous words and get to the point. Women, as I mentioned earlier, tend to use the upspeak or rising inflection, which turns their statements into questions. So um, uh, rather than saying, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, women will often say something like, I'm so grateful for this opportunity because I think it's going to be really fabulous. You know, the sing-song, up, uprising. So be aware of, the, of how you're speaking, how you're using your bodies. And then finally, women tend to talk quickly. It's almost like, oh, my gosh, I've got the floor. I better get in as much as I can get in as quickly as I can. So slow down. When you speak, speak like you mean it. Move right. with purpose. Claim your space. 
Okay, so slow down, move with purpose, claim your space. And you also said drop all of the extraneous words at the very beginning. Um, One of the things that I find women do as well is that they tend to talk in a circular fashion. They don't seem to get to the point. Now, I want to also say lots of men struggle with this and it hurts them as well. Do you find the same that when your language isn't concise, clear, very straightforward, it gets in your way? Absolutely. You start tripping over words. Be, be clear about what you have to say and say it. No apologies. No, well, you've probably thought of this already. Those are just filler words. Women tend to want to be liked. And there is, um, what's the correlation between, uh, men, uh, uh success and likability with men? And there's a negative correlation for women. So men can be liked and successful, but successful women tend not to be liked as much. And because women tend to want to be liked, they'll often behave in a way that uh, uh, ensures their likability and undermines their success. It's an interesting point you make and something we'll have to come back to in a later point in the show. I will say that there was just a recent piece of data presented by Hogan Associates to say that maybe that stereotype isn't holding as much and that would be fabulous. Elizabeth, one last minute because I don't want to pretend that this is all an issue for women. I find lots of men struggle with the confidence as well. Any advice for the introverts in the crowd, male or female, where you're just hesitant to speak out? Absolutely. First of all, I want to say we have the right to whatever feelings we're having. And guys, it's okay if you're, if you're struggling with confidence too. Again, so often men will get the message, oh, you got to be the big strong guy. You got to get out there. Well, it's tough. It's really tough for the guys as well as for the women. So again, with men, I would say give yourself those positive messages, especially the introverts. You know, what, ask yourself, what do I do really well? What am I good at? What do I really like about myself? That's the exercise that I use with my clients a lot. Boy, do they struggle with that. They can tell me about all of the big deals they did. But when it comes to what I really, really like about myself, ooh, you know, they, they have to really dig around and find it. So think about what you're good at, what you like about yourself, what you bring to the table. And then remind yourself, people want to hear what you have to say. You, you, you weren't invited to the meeting or to the conference just because you're a nice guy or a nice gal. It's because you've got something to contribute. Your thoughts can make a difference in other people's lives. Share it. Speak like you mean it. Fabulous, Again, Elizabeth. Give yourself those Okay. It's great. I love as I look back on the conversation today, I just am struck with a couple of messages. One is how powerful it is, the stance that we take with our bodies, the way we hold our bodies, even before the meeting. So this notion of the power pose or the victory pose. Um, And I like the notion that I want my body to be relaxed and to show openness as if I mean to be here. And that also conveys both the confidence as well as inviting just that subtle hint of humility. So 
So, Elizabeth, thank you very much for joining us today. Really appreciate your contributions. Next week, our focus is going to be with two people who've spent their life assessing and developing leaders, and we're going to hear from their experiences and what it takes to build great leadership, both to identify it and to build it. This is Wanda Wallace with Out of the Comfort Zone. With me today has been Elizabeth Kunka, author of Dummy Link, Body Language for Dummies. Excuse me for getting that quote wrong. And join us next week. We look forward to hearing from you then. Thank you again for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take charge this week. We'll be right back.